USA, greatest country in the world. Your brothers know. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Tonight is Wednesday, June 22nd. We are your hosts, Tom and Sam. Joined with us tonight is our good friend, our Texans insider, Nick. Nick, how are you doing? Doing great. Good to talk to you guys, the Super Duper Flex Bros. Hope y'all are doing well. And uh, uh, we're kind of in the slow time right now, but uh, it's uh, hopefully things are going to start ramping back up as we get in to get ready for training camp. And uh, yeah, we'll be moving forward here with some dynasty talk. So, uh, but just glad to t- talk some football with you guys tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and Sam, how are you doing? I, I'm doing great. I'm I'm looking at the show sheet right now, and and one of the names that I see kind of a common theme, and it's it's no surprise, but I see Kyle Pitts kind of mentioned here throughout. And I I just want to give you guys a special shout out. I'm I'm proud of you guys for prioritizing Kyle Pitts in your rookie drafts. And if you didn't draft him. I know you guys have made some trades for him, so very well done. Uh, you guys can thank me in 10 years when he's still putting up uh, game-winning performances. Yep, I know I've, I, uh, I've taken him as high as, as the 101 in, uh, in non-Superflex leagues, so there, there's that, that little caveat there. But I think with, uh, with Pitt's age, uh, he, he will definitely be an a asset in, in Dynasty that everybody's going to be trying to acquire. Um, I, I think uh, last year I, I brought up Alex Smith's name almost every show. So I think maybe Kyle Pitts will be, be the, the new Alex Smith. We're, we're going to end up talking about him for at least one minute every single episode, if that's all right with you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting how he uh, his value has just increased because when we all we talked about him back in like January and, you know, I had a 105s, 106s in these rookie drafts. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll surely get Kyle Pitts by that point. And as we got closer to the drafts, it was, like you said, 103, 102, and now 101 and non, uh, non-2QB, you know, non-Superflex. Uh, people are taking him that early because he can be that big of a difference maker. Uh, and so that's uh, – we're definitely riding the Kyle Pitts hype train, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, we want to put the helmets on them and and let's see them get out there and play some football. Let's see if uh, you know. Let's see what Arthur Smith and them can draw up for him. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if if we had all been doing our rookie picks now, it, um, as opposed to a month or two ago when when we started making those picks, I think things would look a little bit different. I know if if this was the season you needed to draft a tight end and you had the 107, 108, you're probably feeling really good because you, you thought Pitts was going to be there. And I, I didn't see him drop past, I think, the 106 in any leagues. Um, but, yeah, we're seeing guys like Elijah Moore probably moving up now if we did another rookie draft. He might be going ahead of guys like Bateman. Um, probably not ahead of Waddle yet. But, yeah, it's 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 been a, a fun off season, And, yeah, like you said, it's kind of a quiet time. So we're going to continue to put some content out here. So, Tom, what did you want to start with tonight? So going off the, the theme of it being the slow time of the season for for the NFL and most dynasty communities, the rookie drafts are done. The big name free agents have signed somewhere. This is the time where everybody, including ourselves, you need to look at, at your roster and really ask yourself, do you have what it takes to make the championship this year? And if the answer is yes, then I, 
then then you, you probably only need to add one or two more small pieces, just add a little to depth. Um, but if uh, if the answer is no, and you need to st need to uh, rebuild, then uh, now is probably the best time when there's other teams out there that are that are looking to build that championship roster. So um, I I'd highly recommend that if you're looking to rebuild, you want to be that be that first team in your league that's going out and trying to get those first round picks. Because the longer you wait, those uh, those picks are going to be much harder to acquire. Do you guys have any, any uh, initial thoughts on that? No, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on that, Nick? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to ask yourself, like you said, are you win now or are you going to start rebuilding? Now, do you look at it? I have a question for you guys, I guess. Do you look at it in terms of the whole team or do you go position by position? Or do you do a mixture of both, I guess, when you're assessing, am I a win-now team or should I begin rebuilding? So I think for me, what I do is I look at the overall team, but then when I'm rebuilding, especially if it's super flex, what I'm going to do is take my, my valuable wide receivers or running backs and try to, try to flip as many pieces as I can um, for one of those younger quarterbacks, if that's a possibility. If not, then yeah, I'm going in for those first round picks, but I'm in one league. I think we're going into year four or five and my, my team's been floundering at that number five, number six spot. Sometimes I barely make the playoffs and, and I'm out. So what I did was I prioritized getting a uh, TJ Hawkinson, who I'm pretty high on. He's a young ascending tight end. So I, I traded away um, Alvin Kamara and Evan Ingram. So I got Josh Jacobs and TJ Hawkinson. So my hope with that is um, Josh Jacobs, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but I think he'll still be a fine RB1. Um, definitely a downgrade from Camaro, but then I was able to flip Ingram, who might kind of just kind of bounce from team to team here in the future, um, but trade that for Hawkinson. So if, if that makes sense, what I'm, what I'm trying to do is trade for those really young um, players outside the running back and even the wide receiver uh, positions because it, yeah, I mean, in just the last few recent years, we've seen a lot of wide receivers come in and make an impact. And then those running backs, uh, they're really good on win now rosters, but it's the tight ends. And now, now that we've lost Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, we're going to lose Big Ben, like we've talked about on the shows. So quarterbacks are not as easy to replace as they once were. So I'm going out, if I'm rebuilding, trying to get one of those young ascending tight ends and uh, one or two young ascending quarterbacks with the, with the thought process that you can always build running backs and receivers as that yep. fluctuates from year to year and having that quarterback, the quarterbacks and the tight ends be kind of those cornerstones of your team, if you will. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and we, we see, even if you're, if you're rebuilding and you're hoarding all the second and third round picks, we still see plenty of, second and third round wide receivers and running backs hit you think of like Antonio Gibson and, and those types of guys last season um, you don't see a lot of second and third round quarterbacks and tight ends hit interesting well uh you know it, you guys talk about upgrading in a position once you assess your roster and I've done this with my dynasty rosters this season and I have some teams that I look at and I say I'm comfortable with this team except for this one hole and, you know, I, I need to try to upgrade it. And so, like, we were talking about Kyle Pitts earlier. Um, I was able to upgrade in this one 14-man dynasty league that I have. 
it's kind of a shorter bench league. So I only have one tight end, and that's Janu Smith. I just rolled with him, right? Well, this next season, if I really want to compete, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, I feel like Janu's going to be kind of more of a best ball target, wild card, not going to have the consistent week-to-week production, especially with the, uh, you know, quarterback situation in, at New England uh, between Cam and Mac Jones uh, coming in. So I traded Antonio Gibson in a second, 22 second for Kyle Pitts, you know, and Sam gave me the green light on that. Now I also had Dobbins and Chubb as well. So Antonio Gibson was my flex. He was my third running back. Um, you know, what do y'all think on that? Is, is, was Kyle Pitts the steal there or is Antonio Gibson going to just run away this year? Uh, with uh, what they're doing over in Washington. Well, I, obviously Sam's going to say Pitts, and in this case, it, that that's the correct answer. P- Pitts is going to be able to maintain that that uh, his his value, and his value is actually probably going to increase um, as the as the years go on. So currently, uh, Kyle Pitts is ranked tight end four in the dynasty community, and we had this debate in, in one of our drafts that's going on right now. And uh, Pitts will probably be the tight end one in Dynasty um, af- after this season, even if he just barely finishes around uh, tight end five. So uh, I think that that's great value. Uh, j- just to, to go back to your first question about um, about rebuilding, if you're if you're trying to sell off the entire team or just parts, I, I think it's the it's the running backs on on your team that you that you want to try to get rid of if you had Todd Gurley on your team last year and you held on too long he's probably um, not providing your your team with with very much value there and if, if you have some of the, the older running backs like Melvin Gordon um, or, or Chris Carson you probably want to try to do some kind of a trade to get a, a future first with that uh, similar to Ronald Jones or um, Chase Edmonds but um, Sam I, I'm I'm assuming you're, you're going to say that was a that was an easy accept button for you as well right Yep, I'm I'm back on here now. So yeah, sorry about that, guys. If uh, if it didn't come in clearly, uh, I'll reiterate. I I did give that stamp stamp of approval for that that trade, obviously. Um, and I, I I can't stress the importance of having a consistent tight end like you were talking about, Nick. Um, I'm looking at T.J. Hawkinson right now, and he just had a handful of games where he had less than ten points last season. Um, it's pretty rare to to find a uh, young tight end that can produce like that and Hawkinson was able to do that with pretty limited volume and I think it's safe to say that uh, Pitts is probably going to get just as much if not more volume so um, again doing a trade like Gibson for Pitts uh, even though you gave up a second we know seconds are uh, pretty pretty dang close to a dart throw especially in a draft like uh, this year so yeah good good trade on your part well, all right, we're going to keep rebuilding right here, and that's uh, the theme of the show here, continue to rebuild and churn and uh, and see what we can do. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I, in that 16-man league that you guys run, I decided I was going to rebuild, and I just sold the farm, sold everything, you know, and uh, was able to acquire multiple first-round picks, which I was able to trade up to get the 101 and the 103, which I was able to get now, Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. So now this year, my, after a few trades, my team's looking a lot better, looking a little more competitive. Whereas just, you know, a year and a half ago, I was, you know, 
second from the bottom or whatever. So uh, uh, it can go very quickly, just like in the real NFL, you know, the, you can go from worst to first uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and I, I think coming into those leagues, if you're, uh, if, if you're taking on an orphan team, I mean, typically uh, about 99% of the time that orphan team is not going to be a win now team. It's going to be probably one of the, the lower half teams. So if you can uh, join that league, start uh, start acquiring those those future picks. We saw PFFs uh, Ben join our uh, our dynasty league, and he's already traded away some of his aging assets, and now he's got three first round picks, um, and four second round picks, and three third round picks for uh, 2022 already. So he still has time to turn those seconds into first and uh, and thirds into seconds. So I I think that's the kind of the, the strategy is either you want to it's it's much easier said than done but you want to be all the way in or all the way out for for those leagues because if if it's like week 10 or week 11 and then you decide you want to start rebuilding all those future first round picks that have already been traded are going to be much more expensive oh yeah and the value just keeps going up until the draft right well my uh my last closing thought on that just just a uh, uh we've, we've got a couple of trades we're going to talk about here but it's uh one, one, one trade that, that I was able to pull off in a league that, that Sam had invited me to, this is definitely a, a team that I'll be um, rebuilding with, but I was able to trade Michael Thomas, who's currently um, wide receiver 10, for DJ Moore, who's wide receiver 15, and Irv Smith. So Irv Smith is still is uh, still yet to, to break out. So I, I felt like that, w- that was a good trade for my team where I was trading away a, an age 28 wide receiver for a 824 receiver who, who's had some uh, some productive years so far, but hasn't quite turned into that wide receiver one yet. And then uh, getting that tight end that that has a possibility of being a top 10 guy this season as well. Yeah, I like yeah. that deal. I like that deal. I think uh, I can see I can see DJ Moore getting j- just as much as he got last year, if not a little more uh, with with Darnold there if they're healthy, if they stay healthy uh, and. Who knows what's going to happen with the uh, New Orleans Saints quarterback situation? I mean, do we want Jameis? Do we want Taysom Hill? I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, a slant boy can only do so much, right? I mean, that's uh, probably a good move there to kind of pivot off of uh, Michael Thomas. But I really like Herb Smith, too. Tell me, okay, you guys are the Minnesota guys. You got to give me some inside scoop here. Kyle Rudolph is out the door. Is, is Herb Smith, is he uh, – is, is he getting a run? Is it starting to look like he's going to get more? Because I think, didn't the coach come out and say he's only going to get the same thing he got last year or, or something like that, right? I, uh, am I, am I, did I hear something about that? It, Tom, you, you jump in quick. I'll, I'll collect my thoughts on this and so I can give, I can give a strong take on, on Irv Smith. <laughs> well, I, uh, I went back and I listened to uh, one of our shows b- before the, the 2020 season. That, that's how bored I was uh, during COVID. And, and I did say by the time the year 2021 rolls around, I think Thielen will be taking a step back and Irv Smith is going to become the, uh, the wide receiver two option, or I should say that the second receiving option behind Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I was super high on Justin Jefferson and, and he, he came through um, even bigger than I expected his rookie season. So I have to stick with my take. I think Irv's going to be the second receiving option and should, should see if, um, about 80 or 90 targets next season. So I, I think he finishes oh. in, inside the top 10. The, the only th- uh, glaring obvious problem is that the Vikings are still going to be a, a run-first team. 
So if, if the Vikings are playing with the lead, then that's going to limit his, uh, his ceiling every week. 80 or 90 targets, then okay. Huh, interesting. I yeah. like it. Yeah, so so my, my take on Irv Smith and what Zimmer was saying, Zimmer said he's not going to um, make him a key piece of the offense, which, which is fair when you have Justin Jefferson and Delvin Cook. So Zimmer's not the kind of coach that's going to come out and say everybody's going to be a key piece to their offense. But if you were one of the rare people that played Irv Smith in the fantasy playoffs uh, between week 14, 15, and 16, he was averaging 20 points per game in half-point scoring. He had three touchdowns uh, in that period of time. The championship week, that's when he had the, the really – or yeah, yeah, week 16, he went six, six for nine and two touchdowns. Um, so he, he was super productive there towards the end of the season. And like the tight end model shows, it takes about 3.2 seasons for uh, these tight ends to really kind of fully blossom. So if, if he's doing that in the weeks that matter, not only for your fantasy team, but for the Vikings when they're trying to scratch and claw and get into the playoffs, uh, I, I think that that can only mean good things for, for him. So, yeah, Tom said he'll finish inside the top 10. I think that that's uh, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Wow, so go trade for Irv Smith then is what I'm hearing. That's what I need to be doing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, guys. Especially Good. after oh, Zimmer uh, saying he's not going to be a, a key focal point. <laughs> yeah, Zimmer's an old school coach, though, right? He, like, hates everyone. Like, he's kind of the grumpy old man, you know, like, run the ball, play defense, you know. But but then he has the offensive staff, which I guess, I guess Gary Kubiak retired, and now it's his son, Clint, right, that's doing the – doing the offense uh and so uh so yeah we'll see i'm gonna be watching the vikings because i've got an interest in guys like herb smith and also kellen mond who is there uh hopefully is as the backup but uh but we'll see we'll see as we move into the season uh how these how these young guys are looking uh for the minnesota vikings yeah, 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 I love it. There, there's a lot of fantasy points to be had from from the Vikings if you if you uh, look deep enough. I actually uh, completely missed the, uh, the the herb stats for for the playoffs there. So that I I'm actually liking that trade that I got done um, a little a little bit better now. But uh, before we turn this show into just a Minnesota Vikings show, let's uh, let's hop into the, these trades that would uh, have happened in a couple of our leagues, and we can kind of explain what the process was behind it for either uh, rebuilding or, or going, going all in. So um, one, of the, one of the biggest players in Dynasty, um, Saquon Barkley. Nick, this was your trade. You traded away Miles Sanders and your um, two future firsts, so your 2022 and 2023 first-round picks, um, along with Miles Sanders for Saquon Barkley. So was, was this a pretty easy trade for you to do? And kind of what, what, what's your thoughts behind this? Yeah, I saw the Barkley owner uh, put him on the block, uh, and I've been paying attention to all the Barkley news where they're saying, oh, they're going to ease him in, and, you know, he didn't get surgery until October, and he was injured in early September, and, you know, all these things, you know, and so if I was the Barkley owner, I would have been a little nervous as well. Um, His value is kind of getting depressed, so when the owner put him on the block, um, I, in that league, I'm a... I'm in a win now mode. Like I, I finished, you know, second last year. Uh, and so this year I'm, I'm like, all right, I, I think I can win this year if I can just upgrade my running back position. 
that position, I'm a little, you know, I, I, I a little weak there with Miles Sanders as kind of my RB one. And I didn't, and I also have a lot of other Eagles players. I have Goddard and Jalen Hurts. So I was kind of looking to move Miles Sanders anyway at some point. Um, and I knew, you know, if you're going to really offer somebody, you got to be real with, with yourself. You know, one first is not enough for Barkley. It's going to take at least two. Um, and what are they probably going to be? They're probably going to be late firsts. And so this year, who would you have got with those late firsts? You know, that's kind of what I asked myself. You know, a guy real late like a Jalen Waddle or Bateman, um, Elijah Moore, uh, some of those. There, there's there's some good players, but the the ability to upgrade to a Saquon Barkley, which, you know, you guys have it on the show sheet here. And that's exactly what I thought. That's why when I see this, I laugh. It's like Adrian Peterson. He's going to play until he's 32, 33 years old just because he's a physical freak of nature that he's doing at 33 years old what people are doing at 26, 27 years old, and he's still doing it better just because he's physically gifted. You know, he's just a, a freak of nature, a robot, you know, Terminator. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm not real excited about being uh, uh, bought into the Giants offense because I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of a, I'm kind of a anti, <laughs> anti-New York Giants, but Jason Garrett as the play caller, when he was in Dallas as the coach and calling the plays and they had Zeke, he knew how to use a one running back system where he's running one guy. And if as Barkley gets healthy, uh, they're going to continue to work him in. And the guys behind him are nobodies. It's, you know, Corey Clement and Devontae Booker, you know. And so when Barkley's healthy, he's going to get the work. Miles Sanders you know, he was drafted from the previous regime. Uh, you know, we don't really know what this coach is going to do. Nick Sirianni, I believe, is his name. Uh, he kind of comes from the Frank Wright tree. Um, so we're not really 100% sure what they're going to do. And then they drafted Kenneth Gainwell in the fifth round, too. They have a running quarterback. Uh, there's some questions there. So for the opportunity to upgrade to Barkley, I said, hey, I'm going to throw, throw it out there. And, uh, and the guy, g- gentleman, was willing to take it. So um, uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, now I'm just hoping that Saquon Barkley will get healthy by week one and stay healthy <laughs> for the entire year. Yeah, I, I saw the trade go through, and, yeah, I, I love it. I, I've been out on Sanders pretty much right after I drafted him in a, in a couple of leagues, and I know there was a lot of excitement for him. And I don't think he's terrible by any means, but I think a, a high end RB two, that's going to kind of be his, his ceiling um, just, just based on what we've seen the last couple of years. And I think Jalen hurts is definitely going to vulture some of those touchdowns and yeah, we might see him after this year going to his year four um, of, of his rookie contract. And then the, the Eagles might end up deciding that they want to take somebody too. So even in dynasty, he might not be um, the strongest running back on your roster. There's a lot of excitement, um, ironically, comparing him to Saquon Barkley because they went to the same college at Penn State. And then um, a lot of people wanted to point to Brian Westbrook being the last Eagles running back that had been drafted that high. So they're they're thinking he's going to be a top five fantasy running back immediately, which which is is pretty ridiculous because if, if you're going to go off that, then that means um, that 
that in the future, whatever, Kansas City chief quarterback, they're just going to be the next Mahomes. Um, so it was a little ridiculous that we, we all got a little too excited, but that was, that was a pretty weak uh, running back draft class. So it was, it was fair to, to be excited. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the trade. And like you said, when you think about those first round picks, you got second place last year. Um, they're probably going to be late first round picks in the future. So why not go all out and, and get the next Adrian Peterson? Uh, what, right when he comes off of uh, an injury and probably comes back a little bit stronger. I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, excited about it. Uh, like I said, I just, uh, you know, when you play dynasty, you start to, to see uh, these players and their values fluctuate throughout the, throughout the weeks based on news reports, media, because we're all getting the same sleeper app uh, alerts and we're all getting the same tweets and, and, you know, Twitter notifications and this and that and reports from beat writers. And it influences the way people feel about these uh, players. And, you know, if you have a strong stance on someone, you can use that to really, you know, uh, um, you know, make a move for your guy. And so uh, the chance to upgrade to a top five, I mean, I think everybody would have Barkley in the top five running backs. Uh, it's like no, I got to do it. We have to do it. Yeah, and I, I think I think with that trade too, with uh, you giving up your future first, you're, you're definitely kind of taking the gamble. We'll see if if Barkley ends up having another um, big injury. But just looking at Miles Sanders was um, RB ten in the dynasty community before the 2020 season started, and we we've already seen Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift. J.K. Dobbins and Antonio Gibson all surpass him. So currently, Barkley is the, the RB2 in Dynasty, and Miles Sanders is the RB18. Um, even even if some kind of an, an injury happens to Barkley again this year, I, I still think o- only Jonathan Taylor um, and maybe Cam Akers and Swift could, could, uh, could jump him, where Barkley maybe gets pushed down to RB5 in Dynasty. But um, just seeing Sanders drop uh, from an RB one to already kind of a, a middle in RB two. I'm, I'm worried that the guys that are ranked behind him, like Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, um, and uh, Trey Sermon could, could all pass him. And that's not even including the uh, 2022 rookie running backs that will be coming in. So those, uh, those first round picks could definitely turn into um, some, some good running backs in, in the, the dynasty community as well. But if, if you get that opportunity to, to get a Saquon or, or Christian McCaffrey, those, those are a uh, uh, few, few and far between. So you got, you got to hop on it like you did. And, and like you said, you got to offer more than just that first or, or just the one first. So I think the, the Miles Sanders and the, the two future first it I, on paper, I, I, I like it for, for both teams. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, what's this next trade that we go to talk about here? Well, yeah, this this was uh, actually Nick and I. So this is in that same league that he did that uh, trade for Saquon. So uh, early on in the offseason, I traded away um, the 109 and Darrell Henderson for Josh Jacobs. Um, and then, Nick, you must have traded that pick away because another team used that 109 um, for Javante Williams. Do, do you remember what – what you got for the, the one? Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the trade picks. right below right below on the sheet there. Uh, that 109 and Carson Wentz went for Deshaun Watson. Okay. To right. we'll, we'll, Tom. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that one next then, but early in the offseason. <laughs> Why you laugh? I was saying if, 
if you've got the 109 or, or later, you should probably be trying to trade that for like a Jacobs or a Chris Carson or, or one of these uh, running backs that people aren't super high on but still have that RB1 upside because this isn't the class you want to draft your running back from. So sure enough, the 109, uh, it, if, with all the trading around, it, it finally landed on an owner that used it to draft Javante Williams. And I'll happily take uh, Jacobs over Javante Williams. Uh, we saw Jacobs finish his rookie season at RB14 and then last season as RB8. Uh, so a lot of people are concerned about Kenyon Drake. I, I, I'm not too concerned about that. But what I like about Jacobs is in 2019, he only saw those 27 targets. And so in 2020, they pumped that up um, about two-thirds. So he went from 27 targets to 45 targets. Um, and we all, we've all seen the college highlights of how productive he can be in the passing game. So we just need the Raiders to continue to, to elevate that part of his game. But when I was looking at the numbers, I, I came across an interesting stat. Do, do either of you guys know how many receiving touchdowns Josh Jacobs has in it combined for his first two seasons? Uh, I'm going to guess zero. You're correct. It's zero. <laughs> so, uh, a, a lot of people, um, they're, I, I think Jacobs had 12 touchdowns on the ground last season. So they're saying, well, he can't finish his RB eight again because, uh, of touchdown regression, which, which he's, he, I mean, I'll take the under on 12, but I'll take the over on zero, especially if they continue to, uh, increase his receiving work. So we, what, what are your guys thoughts on that? Nick, how are you feeling about that trade? Okay, I'll tell you this. When I made the trade, I was very happy. Then about a week later, I started to get remorse. <laughs> and I started to feel it because I was like, oh, here it goes. Like, I should have kept Josh Jacobs, right? And then Kenyon Drake gets signed. So I'm like, all right, you know, okay. And then I kind of start hearing what they're going to do with Kenyon Drake. Oh, we're going to use him in the slot. We're going to use him, you know, on this and that. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not going to affect Josh Jacobs' workload at all. If you watched any of the games when the Raiders played this past season, like I remember the first game that was against Carolina and Josh Jacobs scored three touchdowns, you know, on the ground. Like you said, he did not catch, <laughs> did not catch one receiving touchdown at all. They were all rushing touchdowns, but he would have big blow up games where he would get two, three touchdowns in a game. Uh, and I remember because I was the owner and I'd play him in those games when he had those multiple touchdowns. I, I knew I was winning the week, you know, um, but he would also have some kind of, you know, off games where he wouldn't get a touchdown and it'd be, you know, uh, you know, 15 for 80 or something like that, you know, and you just wouldn't get a lot of, and because he doesn't get the passing game work, you know, in a half point or full PPR, you're not getting any points for the receptions. So as we were talking about earlier, I looked at my roster and I said, man, I, I need to try to upgrade. Well, Josh Jacobs, you know, to have to upgrade to that, 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 that could be difficult. But I really like Daryl Henderson a lot. And Sam knows this, of course. <laughs> um, but when th with thinking, okay, the 109 and Daryl Henderson, I really think Daryl Henderson is going to have a role on the L.A. Rams. I think he's going to have uh, the – a bit of a role kind of like when McVeigh was with uh, the Redskins and they had kind of a two running back system. And it was Chris Thompson was that, you know, kind of smaller back that would catch some passes, but he would also run between the tackles as well. 
Uh, I think Daryl Henderson is gonna is gonna be more involved than people want, uh, especially the Acres owners. Um, so I was all about it, and uh, you know, again, I had a little remorse because you are giving up. What would you say he was RB eight overall yeah. last year? And so he was an RB one. I mean, he won he he won games. He won weeks for me. Uh, there was you know on those weeks when he went off. I mean, that was the difference. You know, and so. Um, a win can be the difference between making the playoffs uh, or, or not even, you know, being involved at all. So it, it's a very kind of crucial thing. But going into this next one that we're going to talk about, I wanted to have some draft capital so that I could make some other trades. And I was also hoping this was, you know, early in the season. I think we made this trade back in, I don't know, maybe it was February or March. But uh, I was hoping the 109, there were some rookies that I was going to be able to get. Um, uh, some rookie quarterbacks, but and some rookie running backs, but they all kind of got everybody got, I guess, aware of them. Uh, you know, and then guys like Trey Lance were not going to fall to the to the one hundred and nine. You know, they're going to go number two, number three. You know, so uh, so anyway, for me, I, I still like it because I like Daryl Henderson. I think Daryl Henderson is going to be an RB, low end RB two, RB three, depending upon. The health of Acres. If if Acres stays healthy the whole season, then there you go. But what if Daryl Henderson is the Theo Riddick for Matthew Stafford? Uh, oh, you, get, I, you know, you get him. Exactly. You get him in there and doing that role, and then you know maybe it's not too too Atwell. Maybe it's Daryl Henderson. You know, because Daryl Henderson's pretty fast as well. Now a guy can dream. You know, we gotta we gotta see some football here and see what's gonna happen and. And Henderson has to stay healthy. He's had an issue in the last two years being in the league. He's had problems staying healthy. Uh, he was That's part of the reason Akers had a, such a great run the end of the year last year is Henderson was on IR, you know, so uh, at, at least from my point of view, right? So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, hopefully a good trade for both teams. Uh, but I actually really like Josh Jacobs still. I think he's going to have another RB1 season, probably RB, you know, what he was this year, 8 to 10. Something like that, you know, maybe, to, you know, in that later RB1s. But uh, the, having that in your lineup, you know, you're going to, you know, bank those points, you know. So it's 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 valuable, even if it's not pretty. Can you? All right. Yeah. Let me just close out my thoughts on, on that trade. So, uh, Tom, one of the first articles you wrote on superduperflexpros.com, you were talking about knowing your, your league mates. And, and Nick, I know you're the only guy that says hi. I am Darrell Henderson is me. So <laughs> I knew I, I, I'd be able to trade that 109. So a later first, but package Darrell Henderson with his untapped upside to make that, make that move. But, uh, so I, you I, got it. I, do, I do love Darrell Henderson, man. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to have that on the headstone, man. Darrell Henderson truther. But this is the year I'm telling you with Matthew Stafford, he's going to unlock the fantasy value for all these other guys and it's just going to be glorious i mean we're i'm telling you it's going to as long as they can stay healthy of course stafford has has had you know broken back broken legs broken all kinds of all kinds of issues uh so yeah we got to stay healthy yep so uh one of the first players that we talked about um to start the show like i was saying we we'll, we'll talk about this player probably every single show for uh, the rest of the, uh, the, the, the life of uh, the Super Duper Flex Bros here. But 
Uh, we're talking about Kyle Pitts being the the tight end four before he's even taken a uh, snap in the in the NFL, but we, we most likely will see him become the the tight end one. Um, the running back position, as everybody knows, is a position that kind of um, goes in the opposite direction. You don't really see players um, increase their, their value. So currently, looking at that uh, 2018 draft class, we have um, Josh Jacobs at RB20, David Montgomery at RB22, and where is and Miles Sanders at, at RB18. So Sam, being the Josh Jacobs owner, is is this a player since he's already um, fallen to RB20? Is this a guy that you'll be trying to maybe uh, turn into Travis Etienne or Javante Williams later on in the season? Or is this a guy that you think you want to kind of hold on to uh, throughout his career with the Raiders? Well, first of all, if we're going to mention that class, I think you you got to look at where Darrell Henderson is in that too. Yep. He's, he's, <laughs> um, he's RB45. I was looking for you. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I love Jacobs. I think he's still he's still young enough that um, no, if if he's out producing ETN or Javante Williams, I'll I'll gladly just hold on to Jacobs. He was taken um, early enough that the um, the team they've committed to him. Um, clearly, with him finishing his RB fourteen and then RB eight, uh, he's he's been very productive in his opportunities. So he, I do I do really like Travis ETN, but at this point. Uh, what Jacobs has done, it's not a guarantee that ETN's going to be able to produce like what uh, Jacobs has uh, has done on the field. So yeah, I'll I'll take Jacobs and I'll hold Jacobs. All right. Well, the uh, the next trade here that Nick was alluding to was was done between himself um, and, and and myself, where I I had originally drafted Deshaun Watson with the number five pick of this startup draft two years ago now. Uh, but I, I'm getting a little bit nervous with uh, with Deshaun Watson. I'm 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 uh, uh, assuming that I'm going to be wrong in the long term. That he'll he'll still be a, a QB one um, over the next five years once he comes back in, into the league. But I decided to sell him for the. Uh, I think that that 109 became the 107. But anyways, I traded Deshaun Watson for Carson Wentz and the, the 107. And that uh, that 107 turn it into Zach Wilson. So essentially, Zach Wilson, who is the quarterback 19, and Carson Wentz, the quarterback 20, for Watson, the the quarterback 10. So Nick, are you are you still liking that trade? Uh, yeah, I do, but I am probably in the minority. But I feel like Watson is going to get a slap on the wrist. I don't think he's going to get punished. Uh, if, if he does get punished, it won't be this year. It'll be like the Ezekiel Elliott thing from a couple of years ago. Y'all remember that? Where yep. it was like every week, if you owned Ezekiel Elliott, you were like, what are they going to do? Are they going to sit him? Or are they going to not? And he's like, oh, he gets an injunction. He gets to play for this week, you know? And so I think they're just going to kind of leave it in waiting. Now, I guess you also have to worry about is Watson even going to play at all? Like, is he just going to sit out even if he's allowed to play? Would he sit out? And that's certainly a possibility. But I think if he gets the slap on the wrist because of all the things that went on, you know, they're going to probably settle all the civil cases uh, eventually here as we get closer to training camp. Um, And so once they settle everything, then he's probably going to get traded. Is what it is what it seems like now. The the temperature here in town. Um, I still think Carolina 
or or Denver, I guess, if Denver misses out. But I feel like Denver is going to go hard at Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's kind of the, the big talk of the town. But I really think – I still think Watson's going to go to Carolina with all those weapons. I, I, I feel like and they're just going to let him air it out and not worry about their defense being terrible um, and just put all their money in, in, you know, in the contract that he signed. And so I'm willing to take the risk. Um, now, if I – if, if Watson does not play, I have a backup plan, but it's like Tyrod Taylor or something like that. So it's not a very good backup plan. Um, I pretty much pushed all the chips into the center and said, hey, you know, I, I'm expecting Watson to play uh, at least the majority of the games this season. Otherwise, I'm not going to my team probably will not be competing because I'll have, you know, Tyrod Taylor and probably Jalen Hurts, at quarterback and and that that may not be enough, you know, to get it done. So, uh, but I knew I needed to upgrade the position. Uh, I love Deshaun Watson, of course. And, uh, uh, you know, Tom, when you're willing to do this, uh, I was, that's what that 109 or that 107 was for in my mind, because I, at that point I knew I wasn't getting Kyle Pitts and that's who I really wanted anyway with that pick. So (laughs) it was like, I knew I better do something with it. Well, if uh, if Deshaun Watson um, ends up not playing the entire season, just just know that you can always trade him for uh, Carson Wentz straight up. Uh, we'll have to see what Wentz and them can do. <laughs> I, I I hear a lot of good talk, like that he's going to be really good, and you know they have a line, they have an offense, the coach is there, supports him. But don't think that I'm not paying attention to Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. Because if Carson Wentz ends up not being very good, they could turn to one of those other two guys. And both of those guys, you know, I think Easton was like a fourth rounder and Ellinger got in the sixth, but they both have some tools. When you go and kind of study them, Easton was, what I guess, a year or two ago, and then Ellinger was just drafted this year. Um and and so uh, I like what they're doing with that. I, I kind of want to see what they're going to do. But chances are Carson Wentz is going to come back to form. Um, you know, I'm sure you're hoping 2017 form, right? pre MVP. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what we all that's what I was hoping when I drafted him. But um, I think if they can just put the offense around him, you know, I, I personally I'm th- I think it's going to be Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell is going to be catching all these little short routes all over the place, going all over the place. And so that's a guy that in dynasty I I have, and I'm holding in some leagues and trying to acquire because of all, he's really the cheapest of all the Indianapolis Colts receivers there. Um, uh, in terms, you know, I mean, maybe Hilton, I guess, but Hilton's what 32 going to be 32. So, uh, but anyway, uh, but yeah, back to your trade. I'm I'm taking Deshaun Watson, and we're just going to roll the dice and see what happens. Well, and, and to go back to that that 2020 season when he did get hurt um, in Week Two against Minnesota, uh, I think I think the dynasty community uh, might have been quick to uh, forget that in Week One against Jacksonville, Paris Campbell did have nine targets for six receptions, uh, 71 yards, and he also had a rush attempt too. So he was definitely a player that they were. I'm hoping to to get involved before that injury. So um, maybe maybe Paris Campbell does have have a year three breakout coming. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, what's uh, this next trade? When I saw it hit, uh, I, I I didn't know. 
I didn't know if I liked it or not. And then I started to look at it and I realized, okay, okay. I like, I see what they're doing here. So, yep. uh, Tom, why don't you tell us about yep. this one? So th- this, this was a trade that I, uh, I, I, I got done today. I, I was talking with, uh, one of the, the new owners who's been, um, collecting future second and third round picks. And we got talking about some, some of my receivers. And so I traded away Jarvis Landry and Brian Edwards for a second and a third. So you guys both know that I'm I'm a I'm a huge Brian Edwards truther. I still think he has the ability to become the, the wide receiver one. But with uh, with with this uh, with my roster construction and uh, with us having um, shallow benches, that that's it's kind of a move that I don't usually like to to make. But with Jarvis being my my wide receiver five and Edwards as my uh, wide receiver seven, um, instead of dumping them into the uh, free agency. I, I wanted to get something, uh, so I, I'm, I'm probably selling a little too too short here, but I, I got a second and a third, so how do you guys feel about this trade? Yeah. It, initially, I didn't like it, but um, the way you explain it, you, you've got enough you've got enough depth at the wide receiver position, and we just keep seeing uh, more and more wide receivers coming in and playing really productive, and we mentioned Elijah Moore earlier. I think he has a, a game very similar to Jarvis Landry where he's going to be really productive in the slot. Um, and we saw Justin Jefferson run, I think, what, 110 out of 111 of his snaps um, the year prior to being drafted in the slot. So I think the NFL is evolving where they see these, these slot wide receivers and they have a role for them. So that being said, we might start seeing these guys come in and push it down guys like Jarvis Landry. So I'm not sure where, where Jarvis is, is ranked. He, well, it looks like you've got him at wide receiver 48 in dynasty, and that's probably accurate. So yeah, I think you might be cashing out a season too early, um, but to get a second and third for a couple of guys, you're probably never going to play. You could do a lot worse uh, considering that this is a league that we see a lot of action where you, you'll probably be able to package that second and third or maybe a couple of seconds and a couple of thirds to move up to a first, which is always kind of the game you're playing with when you're holding multiple picks. So, so that being said, I, I, I do like it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I, I saw it and, and initially was like, what? You know, you kind of sold Jarvis Landry a little short there, but then I started looking at the trade, okay? And I hate to say it. I, now, I love Brian Edwards, okay? But he has – the Gruden disease, which is kind of similar to the Adam Gase disease, okay, is what it seems like. And I'm afraid that he may not, uh, in that greater offense, he, he may not be able to take a step forward until that second contract or later on. So I almost, almost don't even worry about Edwards. It's Landry for a second and a third, okay? Yeah. And... This year, OBJ coming back, how productive can Landry really be if Odell Beckham also stays healthy and they have the tight ends in that offense, Harrison Bryant, uh, Austin Hooper, you know, but they run the ball with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Uh, they also drafted uh, a guy, a speedster. I think it's Anthony Schwartz, right? The Schwartz be with you. And they still have some other guys, you know, they have, they have a lot of good talent there. So 
I, I think you, you, you did it. To me, that's a very good move of taking a cloudy situation and turning it into some draft picks. And who knows? That second draft pick, that second rounder, that could end up being the 201, 202, 203, 204. You never know. And that could end up being this year. That would have been a pretty solid receiver, you know, with that pick. A decent receiver, at least in our minds at this point. Yeah. Um, so, so I like it. I think, you know, it's a great move. And, and like you said, you know, one of the key points that you said was the, the, the short benches. You know, and I'm I'm I've been known in these leagues as being a hoarder, right? I just want to pick up everyone off waivers, and just have you know 60 bench spots, right, with all my with entire you know 52 man roster or whatever. Uh, and, and you can't do that, you know. You have to actually make roster cuts, and so this allows you to consolidate. Now you have two open roster spots that you can take a gamble on some of these later round running backs that you know, might turn into something, you know, a Larry Roundtree, Khalil Herbert, uh, you know, one of these guys that's out there on waivers, maybe that with an injury, maybe ends up stepping into a, a you know, more of a lead role. So I like it. Good move there. Yeah. The, the, the last thing that, I, that I'll say about what, while I sit here and, and talk myself into, into why this was a good trade for my team. Um, so he, he did, he has played every single game minus one game. He did not play um, last year, but he's finished as wide receiver 35 wide receiver, eight wide receiver, 14 wide receiver, six wide receiver, 18 wide receiver, 12. And the last season um, wide receiver 33. I'm not a big fan of, uh, of Baker or this run first offense. And the, the Browns have talked about getting Odell Beckham more involved. So, when I look at this trade from a long-term aspect, he is currently ranked wide receiver 48. So when I'm, I'm looking to that uh, 2022 season with uh, so many impressive rookie wide receivers coming in this year and next year, I think, I think Jarvis is going to be closer to wide receiver 60. Um, so I, 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 I do like trading players uh, a little too early sometimes, but I feel like that this is, this is a player that, much like Melvin Gordon, I'm I'm trying to sell for a second, um, instead of holding on too long, and then all of a sudden you have an asset that nobody's willing to give you more more than a third for. Yep, I think that's good. That was a good move. And now, I mean, if you sold Melvin Gordon before the draft, you know you're probably feeling pretty good because uh, it sounds like they really want to work Javante in. Now, Melvin Gordon says he's going to be. You know, it's, we're going to compete, right? It's going to be competition. We're going to compete. Uh, and they will. Um, but as soon as we can get some, you know, we get preseason this year, gentlemen. As soon as we get some preseason, Javante Williams break out in the long run, uh, you know, that, that hype train is going to be uh, out of control. That's right. So one of the, one of the next players that uh, we had already mentioned, but Odell Beckham, and this is just kind of a, uh, just an, an open uh, conversation here. Where where do the, the two of you see Odell Beckham for this year and his value in Dynasty? Because this is a player that I'm I'm staying away from personally. I wouldn't be giving away a second for him, even even a late second. Um, and and I I know that that's 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 probably a bad process. But um, where, where do you, what do you guys think? I'll go on this one first. Um, yeah. I love Odell Beckham. I, I've always thought he was a great player. I had him on a bunch of teams back in the day when he was with the Giants. And then I had those last couple of years where I drafted him. 
and he disappointed me. And now I've kind of realized, you know, what he is uh, playing in this offense with the Browns. Uh, you know, to me, he's going to be like a best ball target. He's going to have some big weeks, but guessing when those are is going to be very difficult. Uh, he'll have some blow up games, but in games that the Cleveland Browns are able to control the clock and run the ball and don't really need to throw and don't have to get Baker out there to throw to Odell Beckham, they're not going to they're not going to risk it. You saw how Odell Beckham was injured this past year. There was an interception. He goes to make the tackle and gets injured. I feel like they're going to put the bubble wrap on him. You know, for the most part, if we don't need you, Odell, we're just go sit on the bench, buddy. We got this. We'll just hand the ball to the running backs. So because of that, I think that he, if, if he's efficient enough, he can have some, some big blow-up games. But I don't think that he'll be a consistent fantasy starter for you the way you want now he'll probably finish to me as a wide receiver too probably a mid mid two i bet because especially if they funnel targets to the rest of those pass catchers the tight ends jarvis landry the new players you know that they've drafted and stuff uh, so i'm not I, I drafted him in the best ball league that we did but i'm staying away from him in redraft i'm staying away from him in dynasty he's not a guy that uh i'm anymore i think he kind of that injury prone label even though that's not really a thing but uh if you've had him or you drafted him the last couple of years uh you probably feel the way i do that you're 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 pretty much done you know the the, this relationship's over is uh is how we feel so (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh my my take it's it's really weird saying this out loud but the, the browns aren't bad anymore so they were they were a playoff team last year. They went toe to toe with the Chiefs. I think they did overperform that game a little bit, uh, but they're going to be playing in a handful of games where they have the lead. And and like Nick said, they might just put the bubble wrap on Odell if, if they've got the lead. Uh, we saw them spank the Steelers. Um, if in games like that, there's no reason for them to have Odell on the field. So I think the way that both that offense and that defense is constructed and the way that those games are going to go. I don't think they should get too far behind in the first half if they do get behind. And uh, so with that, they're not going to ask Baker to throw a ton. And, and Baker's really productive off play action. And that's when you see a lot of the, the shorter stuff open up um, when when you don't have Odell uh, as explosive as he used to be. So, yeah, I, you make a, a good point. I'm in a best ball draft right now and Odell's still sitting there. So I'll probably target him. Because uh, he's probably good for two or th- three good weeks, um, but you talk about boom bust players, you, similar to like Tyler Lockett or those guys. Like I'm taking Tyler Lockett ten out of ten times over Odell, um, just knowing that Odell's been the one that's that's been banged up. Um, a lot of times off of turnover plays, that's when you see him trying to make a tackle or something and he gets hurt. I know it's happened uh, more than once, and yeah, I, I think he pushes himself, but he might be pushing himself a little too hard when he's on the field. Current, yeah, currently good ranked, old day, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, currently ranked wide receiver 33 in the, in the dynasty community. So it's funny that you bring up Tyler Lockett because Lockett, Adam Thielen, Will Fuller, and Brandon Cooks are all players listed after Odell Beckham in the dynasty community. And something that, that doesn't get talked about as, as much as I think that it should is that 
you, you're really just trying to, to make the playoffs. You're not trying to win every single game and, and go undefeated. If, if, if you can have a perfect season in your dynasty league, more power to you. But you really just want to get into those playoffs. And when I'm setting my lineup for week 14, 15, 16, Odell Beckham is a player that I know that floor is a zero. So that's just the guy that I'm not comfortable having in Dynasty. I win. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. I mean, uh, especially, like I said, if you've experienced that floor, it kind of sticks with you. Uh, And you know how we are. Everyone gets burned by players, but and that mental aspect of the game. Uh, But, yeah, I I think, you know, last year I gave him a shot and uh, the year before. And, and so now I think, you know, what do they say? Fool me once, fool me twice. So it, it, the third time, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, best ball. You know, I'll take him in some best ball because I do think there will be some weeks where he just, you know, he's just dominating. I mean, and Baker just keeps throwing him the ball and he gets, you know, eight catches for two, you know, those big blow up games like he used to have, you know, Uh but I don't think it's going to be like, you know, those used to be every week <laughs> when it was yep. back with the Giants. <laughs> so, yeah, good times. Well, I, I, I should have known with this being the, the first time that we that we chatted in, in a while, the three of us getting back together, that we'd have, we'd have some good conversation and run a little too long at some things. So um, instead of going over these next couple of trades or players, the, the last player I want to talk about is uh, a player that probably isn't floating around in free agency in, in too many leagues, but if you guys have Todd Gurley on your team, I, I expect him to sign before uh, the preseason starts, and then he'll probably get a little bit of, of buzz. Are you, are you going to hold on to him when he signs, or would you try to uh, get out now while he still can and just may, maybe take take a third? Because I don't think you're going to get a first or a second for Gurley anymore. No, I, I saw you put this on the, the show sheet, and it's it pretty funny. A, a few months ago, I, I had – in the league that I won the championship last year, so it's it's definitely a win now team. In uh, in tight end premium, I had Harrison Bryant, and I had a team off for me, Todd Gurley for Harrison Bryant, and we've seen Gurley be a lot more productive than Harrison Bryant. We all know how much I love him, and and I did pull the trigger because I I needed that running back depth on, on a win now team. Um, but Harrison Bryant is one of those kind of final round players that, that I usually go after. So that kind of tells you where, where I'm at with Gurley. And I have dropped Gurley actually in a couple of leagues. So um, if he signs somewhere and someone's offering a third, uh, I'm probably going to pull the trigger and, and hope that uh, the, the other team doesn't, doesn't uh, rescind that offer before I can hit accept. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm pushing over grandma to get to the, button to smash except because uh you got to sell girly there um you know i tried to buy him uh, even as early as last year right before he went to the falcons and you know the people that have had him for all those years remember the good days it's kind of like the odell beckham thing they remember those you know multiple you know touchdown years and so there's some uh, you know uh, uh sentimental attachment to that um but now I mean, I don't even know if I'd, I mean, I guess I'd give a third for him, but, but that's about it. And it, and even then that's about it. I mean, it, you can't really get a whole lot. And uh, so as soon as he signs somewhere, which, you know, what are we saying? Probably Miami is what we're thinking. Something like that. Um, uh, wherever he signs, then I'd probably, I'd probably go ahead and try to cash in for something yeah, as well. Yeah. I think, I think we're all, all uh, thinking the same 
about about Mr. Uh, Mr. Gurley, the the guy who's winning you championships like four years ago. And if if you're that owner and you've been in, in Dynasty for four or five years, you you probably gave up like three first round picks to to get Gurley, and now he's just just dying on your roster. So it's that's that, that's why this time time of the season, uh, this off season right now is really that time to make those decisions to to sell or or to to go all in. So. Um, that's that's it. basically everything that I had planned for the show. Any closing thoughts from either of you? Uh, guys, I just appreciate y'all having me on, man, and uh, get to talk some football with you guys. And uh, it's always a great time in the Dynasty community. You know, Dynasty fantasy football has really been a, a great outlet for me to m- make new friends and really focus on on the team building and, and the you know, the inner workings of the NFL and all that. And Really enjoy getting to do it. That's why I've joined as many leagues as I can. Uh, but I really like y'all's guillotine leagues. I know that's hard for some folks, but those are probably some of the most engaging leagues I've ever been in. It, it is, it is. I mean, a nail biter every week. And it's not to win. It's just to be the, the not the loser, <laughs> you know? And so it just, it, it's been really fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, this year, we're going to, you know, we're, COVID's going to be over. It's starting to move out. Things are opening up, and we can hopefully have full stadiums again and training camp, uh, preseason, all that good stuff. And so uh, it's going to have a lot more things to talk about, and uh, we can get back into the football season again. So really looking forward to that, guys. But y'all keep doing what you're doing. Y'all have done a lot. Uh, donate a lot of money to the different charities that y'all support through Super Duper Flex Pros. And I'm uh, very proud to support you guys and what you do. And I know we're just going to continue to, to you know, grow the support and uh, grow the community. So look forward to working with you guys. Appreciate everything. Yeah, we, we appreciate the, the support, Nick. And we, we were talking off air about how every season we're going to be doing one of those um, startups, a 14-man super flex. And I think we're looking at next year. It'll be sometime after the Super Bowl. But when we do our 2022 uh, startup, we're probably going to do that in person. We might do our first in-person super duper flex bros draft so if if anybody out there is interested in doing an in-person dynasty startup i think next year is going to be the year so we're going to have to do some prep and pick out the city uh someplace excited to do that draft but yeah we we appreciate all the support and all the drafts we we, uh put out some of those best ball drafts and it was it's it's been a pretty pretty exciting time um as exciting as this time of year can be so we really appreciate you joining the the show nick and i did hear all your love for saquon barkley and your love for odell back in the back in the day so i don't think you can hate the giants as much as you say you do <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to come around to start liking them whether i like it or not but i'm not a daniel jones truther so you guys can like daniel jones all you want but uh i'm gonna probably look into the future Watch it be one of these new guys, you know, Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler or somebody that ends up going to the Giants and is the next new thing there. So we'll see. Well, on that note, uh, Nick, would you like to get us out of here? All right. From the Super Duper Flex Bros, keep it flexy. But yeah, man, that's uh, I'm I'm glad y'all are doing good, and uh, and yeah, we uh, got some good trades to talk tonight, man. You guys got uh, 
you got some good trades on here. And uh, I saw one sneak through the other day. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. But the Jarvis Landry one, that one, that one's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, from you, I guess. I might, what, this might morning, be, might be song's kind of low. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got something back, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, wow, wee, wow.